This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have produced each a set of 10 uniquely beautiful diamond rings, and they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. This exciting collection of truly unique limited edition diamond engagement rings is available now only at BlueNile.com. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. It's the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. And you can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets, at Walker Mayo, and at Nada the Scribe. You can also follow our next guest at Rick underscore Benell on Twitter. We're going back. We're finally welcoming Rick back to the program after trying to figure out our crazy schedules and trying to figure out how we can have guests on again. We're finally acting like a real pod. Rick, thanks for helping us feel that way. How are you doing today? You know, Walker, with that new gig at the radio station, you're a sports writer like now. You you work at dawn and you work at midnight. Oh man, they're killing me, Rick. It's it's I, now now I know. I thought it was real pain just waking up as early early as I did in the morning, but now they're making me work at dawn as you meant, or at in the evening as well. It's rough. It's rough life here, but at least we're able to cover the Charlotte Hornets thoroughly now, and we're able to have you on the podcast. And I guess let's just kind of look at the Charlotte Hornets overall from what we've seen when they were on the losing streak, then they go on the three-game win streak against pretty good teams. Here they are back in the loss column, but that's against Philadelphia, who looks like they could absolutely be an NBA Finals contender. What has been the identity of this team, Rick, as you've seen them be impressive on defense? Now you're starting to see a little bit more offense from them. What have you made of the way that maybe their identity is and how they've kind of changed it, being good at this area, and then kind of uh, switching in those lanes a little bit? As y'all have and I have discussed in the past, I draw a lot of my opinions based on what scouts from other teams will pass on to me. <clears throat> I was kind of struck in the preseason. I had two separate scouts tell me unsolicited that, that they thought based on the preseason games that this team had a chance to be significantly better defensively. You know, that was kind of true for the first 10 games. Um, the numbers showed that they were guarding well. The, I think what it, all, what it also showed anecdotally was that some of that was, um, you know, kind of a gadget. You know, mm-hmm. they, they threw people off with the zone. The problem with the NBA, which is much more true than college basketball, is scouting catches up to you because it's the only thing they do. And people started figuring out how to beat that matchup zone they, you know, there was a three or four game span when they were just getting destroyed by the other team from the three point line. It feels, and there are multiple reasons for this, but probably the largest one is getting Malik Monk back into the to the lineup. But they're a better offensive team in the last, say, five, six, seven game sample, and they're probably a, a, a lesser defensive team. I honest, I think that was necessary because. You know, I think Malik was the most underutilized player in this team, and they really needed help offensively. Rick, look, it's the common joke, right? I'm in love with Malik Monk. I have been ever since he donned the Charlotte Hornets uniform. Before that, ever since he played at Kentucky. Are you able to answer this, or do you feel comfortable guessing if Malik Monk 
wouldn't have tested positive for COVID and, and been held back because of that, would he have been in the rotation sooner if that didn't happen? Uh, there's no question. <clears throat> um, I don't know all the nuances. I do know that Malik told me that um, COVID, you know, it wasn't just like the day that he was cleared to start practicing again, that he was fine and normal. Um, but the, but the bottom line was by the time he got back and all coaches do this, by the way, coaches decide who they can trust in the moment. And I thought it was a little strange that both Martin twins and Jalen McDaniels were ahead of him in the pecking order. It was obvious that when you add um, Gordon Hayward and LaMelo ball, that you are, you have different depth than you had the year before, but it never made to me sense to me that, that, that Malik was sitting off there in the corner while people who aren't nearly as talented as him were playing. I, I always thought that was a temporary condition. Yeah, Rick, uh, we know James Borrego is going to tinker with the lineup on a game-to-game basis. It's pretty crazy. He's mad scientist in a way like that. Have, in your conversations with him, when you've talked to him kind of about the frequent different uses of, of the lineups, what's been his philosophy on trying to tinker with a bunch of different stuff? I think one of the more interesting conversations I ever had with JB was um, early in his first season as Hornets coach. <clears throat> I asked him after, um, in a pregame, if there's anything philosophically, maybe that goes beyond basketball that will guide his coaching. And he told me that if he only coaches the, in, a, in an NBA team for three years and is an assistant again for the rest of his life, the one thing he's not going to look back on and regret is that he acted re- reactionary. And what he meant by that was he was willing to take chances to try to put other teams in predic- predicaments that he was going to put his best players on the floor as much as possible, that he wasn't going to be preoccupied with matching up with the other team. I think a lot of things that we call, you know, odd or where did that come from can be explained by that uh, point of view. One thing that obviously is probably the biggest Achilles heel is their defensive rebounding. I would ask, this is probably the best we're going to see and there's no help coming. Probably you would assume that there's probably no help coming, right? Um, Nada, what I'm about to say, I I can't say with great confidence because there's not a big sample size, but I have an instinct that Mitch is less willing to give up future assets, draft picks, to solve problems in the short term than the prior administration was willing to do. Um, We've gone to trade deadlines now with them flirting with the idea of doing something but not actually doing something. I think that's a change of point of view. Now, the problem with that is, you know, in Twitter world, people think everything is black and white. And that could change with a particular, you know, circumstance. What I'm getting at is the people who want to see them, you know, give something up in order to get Andre Drummond. I think if they were going to do that, in all likelihood, they would have done it last year. Doug Branson just yelled at the podcast, get out of here, Andre Drummond. <laughs> he doesn't want to see Andre and I'm with you. And, and you know, it's because there is a need for the big man position here, Rick. And yet they've got two guys that they drafted in Vernon Carey and Nick Richards. Are you surprised at just how they've gotten really zero time whatsoever, even if it is so early in their career? Exactly the opposite. In all candor, I think that it's really weird that people get agitated about mm-hmm. that. Um, 
And here's what I mean by that. Add up the circumstances logically. Those are two guys who were second round picks. Those are two guys who um, have some potential, but you know, the way they're different players, but the way they're similar is they really didn't do anything in their college careers. Much more importantly than that, um, people want to trivialize how weird this offseason was, and they shouldn't. Um, there was no summer league. There was no three months between the draft and, and the start of training camp for assistant coaches to work with these guys' flaws. They basically plunked themselves down in Charlotte for a week or less before they were in a training camp as rookies with a bunch of strangers. Um, I think it would be odd if these guys were playing um, not the opposite. We have one more segment to go with Rick Bennell coming up. But first, I want to talk to you about rockauto.com. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. So why would you st- oh, choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck right locked on and their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com rick Bennell, one more segment coming up next on the locked on hornets podcast this is locked on hornets so if you don't believe in the moon landing Mm -hmm. then what would you say is the greatest human achievement i think the greatest achievement of all time and i think it's vince carter doing 360s clockwise rather than counterclockwise. It's really tough. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily pod, breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. You can start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast. And also want to talk to you about the online sports betting world. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account and betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Again, 50% welcome bonus when you type in the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Uh, Rick LaMelo Ball, third overall selection. A lot of people think he's the favorite to win rookie of the year. Tyrese Halliburton trying to say something about that over in Sacramento, but LaMelo seems to be the front uh, runner. Rick, what did you fear most about LaMelo coming into the season that you feel better about right now? Um. Well, I don't know if feel worst is a, is a great way to, to platform what I'm about to say. Um, but he has, he has fit in and he has absorbed knowledge and he's ingratiated himself to the veterans very quickly. They like him around. Um, and they were, I think they were um, charmed by the fact that he was so quick to ask questions, to try to learn what he didn't know about the NBA. And that was a, that's a really healthy thing. Um, he's, he's very, very likable to the team, to his teammates. And, um, you know, they just didn't know what they were getting, not because of any other, you know, I mean, he just hasn't, he hasn't been in this country and he's got a father who does odd things. And so there was always a, a little bit of a misgiving about, okay, what exactly are they getting into in order to acquire this talent? 
And he's made a real effort to. Yeah. I mean, and when you look at uh, LaMelo ball and and the way that he's played, look, I think a lot of people have been calling for him to start. A lot of people have been questioning James Brago when he sat him for a few less minutes when he had some of those turnovers. And then James Brago came out with those comments, Rick, that you wrote about, about how I don't care if if you give me five turnovers, you're going to have to give me something on the other end too to make up for it. What what did you make of James Brago's comments? And what, what did you make of everybody else's perception of JB's? comments a couple of things one that i think that um i don't know that it matters whether he starts or not as long as he's playing starters minutes when when i wrote the column that i wrote that he should be playing more it was more about you know how much he was playing than it was about you know whether he hears his name at the beginning of a game um you the, but the other thing about that is i think there's a perception that um the, the more a rookie plays automatically, the better he's going to get. And I just, I've never subscribed to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Literally the only power that a, that a, an NBA coach has over his roster is playing time. These coaches generally make less money than almost anybody who's in the rotation. Um, and the only real way that they can get people to conform is to say, either you do it the right way, or you can sit down next to me and watch. And it's not at all unreasonable when he was throwing passes, live ball turnovers that were, you know, resulting directly in dunks and severely missing defensive assignments, which are things that don't necessarily show up on the box score in his line. It's completely reasonable to correct that by telling him, sit down and we'll talk about this and you think about it next time. Maybe you won't do that. Rick, uh, we have to talk about one of probably the most improved player on the roster, Miles Bridges by doing less, he's been become a better player. And I'm not sure if you saw this, I'm not sure I saw this coming, but did you see this coming from him this year? If you're asking me if I thought that he would play as well as he has, um, maybe not, but I think I was at the I, I think I was the leader of the parade two years ago in saying he isn't a small forward. He's severely miscast. What he does well is much more fit to be a small ball power forward. Stop forcing him to be a square peg in a round hole. And Rick, um, and speaking of just, we've seen PJ Washington play a lot of center. We've seen Bismack Biombo at first play center because of Cody Zeller's injury. And now he's kind of been out of the rotation. He did see some minutes last night. It seems again that Cody Zeller continues to be very valuable as we continue on in this year. And as his value becomes more apparent do the chances of Cody Zeller staying in Charlotte uh, beyond this contract actually go up. Um, I think, I think it's a lot easier to answer that question after we know what they do with their first round pick. Mm-hmm. But I will say this, yeah. this, this guys, this might surprise you. It surprised me a little bit. <clears throat> the other day, somebody from um, who's a player personnel guy from another Eastern conference team called me up and said, Hey, can we talk about some of the players on this roster? I'm, I need to file some reports on them. And the guy volunteered to me. Um, he said, they're going to so- resign Cody Zeller, right? And I said, oh, gosh, I don't know one way or the other. And he said, I think they'd be nuts not to. Yeah. I, Rick, um, I mean, that, that just, go ahead. Is, there was just a full-throated endorsement of they know what they're getting with him. Why in the world wouldn't they do what they have to do to keep him around? Well, yeah. And, Rick, I think when you look at Cody Zeller, it's someone that I, I referenced um, on 730 The Game the other day. Just 
how I felt like he always caught stray bullets when it came to how bad his contract was. And yeah, I, it, it's someone that needs to be out there on the court, but I don't know if, do you think Cody Zeller is, is going to get this massive contract or, or do you think that it'll be actually pretty favorable and, and the Hornets will, you know, still be one of the leaders in the clubhouse as far as who values him the most? I don't think anybody's going to pay him $14 million a year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I would guess it's more in line of, you know, eight, maybe 10 a year. And of course, years, guaranteed years will be a bigger deal than necessarily, you know, what he's making each one of those years. Bottom line of the situation is, you know, this happens a lot with, with college coaches in football and basketball. Um, they get stale to the, to the fan base. And it feels like there's a large portion of the Hornets fan base that just see Cody as a half empty rather than a half full. And, you know, that they kind of poo-poo what he does. The bottom line is, if you look at his last four games, he's averaging double figures rebounding, and he's battling on defense, and he doesn't do dumb things. You know what he's going to do. Um, to use a stock market term, his beta is very small. You don't see great performances, but you don't see bad ones either. Rick, what's the, been the biggest probably surprise for you for this season thus far? Biggest surprise? Um, I don't know if there is a single big surprise, but here's what I think is maybe the most interesting storyline. That there was good reason to have misgivings about whether the Hornets did too much in order to sign Gordon Hayward, and he is playing like an all-star. It's we can't decide after 20 games that, that, you know, that everything they did regarding the contract specific, you know, most importantly stretching Nick's last season is justified, but we can say that Gordon can't possibly be doing any more for this team than he currently is. Um, guys, I'm curious if you had the same reaction as I did. I, I thought the most interesting thing that Mitch Kupchak said in that interview he did with me, was volunteering that he thought that, you know, they were already asking Gordon to do more than they can re they, they can justify. Well, especially at the time. I mean, too. I mean, now you've got even offensively playing a little bit better. And but even certainly at the time, it was all Gordon. It was all Gordon Hayward trying to get them out of a slump. And Devontae Graham, he's shot the ball better as of late, certainly shot the ball better from the perimeter specifically too, as of late. Rick, have we gotten any closer to answering the question? Should Charlotte extend Devontae Graham from what we've seen these past few uh, th this this entire season so far? Well, I think if they were going to extend him, it already would have happened. Um, it just practically, and this is a little bit similar to why they couldn't take Kemba off the market. There are technical reasons why it probably, it's probably just something where both sides have to wait until he bec becomes a restricted free agent. I'll tell you what I think is the more, more interesting off season question is if it came down to it uh, in terms of balancing priorities, do they re-sign if they if, if they could only re-sign one of them, Devontae Graham and Malik Monk, 
which one is more is, is more necessary going forward? Always good to hear from Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer. The holidays are finally behind us, which means it's time to catch up on some much-needed sleep. And even though getting a good night's sleep is much easier said than done, our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to sleep. CBDPM blends 500 milligrams of high-quality CBD with melatonin, valerian root, chamomile, and other sleep-promoting ingredients to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. And if you want to relax a little before bed, their new CBD bath salts fuse superior cbd with epsom dead sea and himalayan salts to turn any bath into a luxury experience and they're available in lavender or eucalyptus scents as well as a soothing nighttime blend with melatonin and calming herbs and to make it even easier to get the year started off right they're offering all, uh, all of our listeners 25 percent off your next order when you use the promo code nba at checkout once again that's cbdmd.com promo code nba for 25 percent off your purchase of superior cbd products from CBDMD. We'll recap what Rick Bennell had to say coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. But what he showed in Summer League, comma, a Euro step into a windmill during a game, end of comma, oh, could yeah. put him on the radar of a radar, <laughs> radar. Me, of all NBA. Yeah, on the radar. On the radar <laughs> of all NBA fans as a nightly highlight producer. Yeah, you're Charlotte, you're Charlotte coming out there. Yeah, I'm from I'm from uh, Catawba County. Get so, on the Raider. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. When you need fantasy basketball advice, it's important that you have a reliable source. More people trust Josh Lloyd, host of Locked on Fantasy Basketball, than any other fantasy basketball podcast. Subscribe to the number one fantasy basketball podcast, Locked on Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get your podcast. How many times do you think I said fantasy and podcast in that one read, Nada? I have no idea. I'm trying to keep up, and at this point, I can't. <laughs> I couldn't either. But just go listen to Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Do it. Please do. Do it. Please that's do. the read. Yeah. Read. That, that's, the, that's the copy that we have. Go listen to Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Also, go follow Rick at Rick underscore uh, Bunnell. Always appreciate his time finally getting to him this season when we started to get some things figured out. Um, anything interesting from his interview that you thought uh, you wanted to talk about a little bit more than the other topics, Nada? What, what resonated the, with you the Malik, Again, I didn't know that Rick was a secret Malik Monk Hive member. Did you get him a shirt or something like that, Walker? Well, I mean, this is something, yeah, Rick, I think Rick had been starting to write a lot more this year because it was weird that James Borrego wasn't going to him. And that's exactly, look, uh, it's not the fact that I'm going to what he was talking about with Malik Monk just because I, I love the way he plays. It's the fact that Rick definitively was saying if he doesn't test positive for COVID, he's in the rotation sooner. Pretty interesting yeah. to me. I mean, so yeah. if, if, it, if it's that black and white, if it's that, and, and maybe I shouldn't lean so much into it and just let Rick speak for what he said earlier, but he said, I, I, I don't have any doubt really. He said, you know, yeah, it was because Malik Monk tested positive. Um, that he was continued to be held out of the rotation because of just the rehabilitation that it might take um, coming back from COVID-19. And even if we think that James Brago should have gone to Malik Monk sooner, and he did go to Malik Monk and he would play well, and, and I still had my problems with Borrego pulling Malik after a, a mistake and never going back on the court again. But it was interesting to me that Rick feel, uh, felt comfortable enough, very comfortable to say, yeah, if he doesn't test positive for COVID-19, he's in the rotation sooner. Yeah, no, that, and that's the crazy part to me about this whole situation is, like, again, Rick, uh, basically what he did is he shed a whole lot, lot of light for folks like us that don't have as much access this year. And the other interesting thing is the Cody Zeller 
part where he basically told us like there are people looking at him looking to asking him they're gonna sign cody zeller right that part was probably the most interesting thing to me because remember how we thought that this was going to be a foregone conclusion that cody was going to be gone you keep telling us that and i'll give you credit for this walker you're the one that keeps saying look guys he may be coming back he may be coming back and the more he the more he plays like this the more it looks like yeah he can be coming back right now and for a decent price yeah, if, if you're going to pay Cody Zeller eight to ten million, I mean, he's worth it. Eight to ten million <clears throat> for a guy like Cody Zeller, where that that's as cost effective at center to get the kind of value he's bringing as much as any guy you could bring in the league. I mean, look, Christian Wood has been awesome with Houston. You know, Montrez Harrell. You know, he when he when he went for that contract, I think most people thought that that was way too big because of what he did in the bubble. There was once upon a time, like, you know, even before the bubble, I think people would have thought he was worth that contract. But when you're talking about big guys going for that type of money, if you give me Cody Zeller at eight to 10 million, I mean, not we were talking about Jakob Pertle for something like that. If there was any yes, way we <laughs> that the Hornets could pry Pertle away from the Spurs, but the Spurs obviously bringing him back. Uh, Cody Zeller for eight to 10 mil, that would be great. If he goes more than that, if I think... You're talking about what? He's a 28-year-old right now. He'll be 29 yeah. next season. You know, if you're talking about Cody Zeller at 12 million, do you do it? I think that's when you start to say, okay, we're we're good with this. Don't want to go much more than that. But eight to ten, cool. I'll take Cody Zeller for the next three years or so, however many years would be on that deal. Um, you know, Devonte Graham or Malik Monk. The question that is, poses that, at that the end was too. also very interesting. Like I heard that, and I was just like, oh no. <laughs> because, like, literally, if that's an either-or choice, who do you take? Because you can make strong cases for either one. And if, the, but the other thing, and I guess this is where, like, we'll have to continue to let this play out. But yeah, if this is going to be the case, then you have to trade one of them, right? Like, I don't think you can't with the way that the salary cap is going to work and the way that salaries are going to be depressed. I'm not sure you can bring both back. You can afford to bring both back for a bigger salary. Well, it just so, depends on what you decide to do with Terry. You know, is, is Terry at the end of this season, right? So let's say that at the end of this season, you're going into next year with backcourt uh, back guys, including LaMelo Ball, Malik Monk, Devontae Graham, and Terry Rozier, where you can, you know, kind of guess where everybody else falls in line, whatever, the, Cody Martin or whatever, you know, Terry Rozier is going to have one less year left on his deal. It's going to be worth 17.9 mil. So it's going to be valuable. He's also yes. going to be a really good shooter where he will have come off. Presumably another seasons, uh, another season of shooting over 40% from three. If he keeps up what he's doing and there's no reason to believe that he won't, he's going to be pretty valuable. Nada. And, and look, I'm not trying to get rid of Terry Rozier. Like he's been good enough shooting the basketball. He's been insane shooting the basketball. We've talked about it a lot, but if you've got one of these contenders next season, that's trying to free up money at the end of two years from now. And in the meantime, they want to go after it with a guy that's making 18 million and he can shoot the lights out of it. How valuable is he going to be to another NBA team? Uh, you know, if you're going to get a good package in return and you've got LaMelo Malik and Devante, I'd be interested to see what Mitch Kupchak is going to do with that scenario um, coming up going forward. But the thing is, I don't trust. And I guess this is where I'm at with it right now. Like, I don't like the way this, this culture was built 
I'm not sure that Terry Rozier is the guy you deal. And that's the thing. Like, for no, and I, I get it. I know. Look, I, I really do legitimately like Terry Rozier. Th- this is just because of the value that could come in return. At some point, you'd be foolish to completely brush that off of your shoulder. At, at some point, because not is this someone that you're trying to bring back? And if Terry Rozier plays to the end of his contract here in Charlotte and he continues to play at the level he is, are you wanting to bring him back for another 18 to 20 mil a season after that? Because as much as I like Terry and, and some of the veteran leadership he brings, I don't know if I want to spend 20 mil a year on Terry. Do you want to spend 20 mil a year on Terry after this contract's done? Uh, Here's done? the thing. I would probably tell you you don't have to worry about that because of the market's going to take care of a lot of this because, unfortunately, due to COVID, a lot of these salaries are coming down, even if it's artificially. So uh, there's a part of me that thinks that I, don't, I think the market's going to take care of Terry more than Terry's going to take care of the market. Per se. All right. Thanks once and, again to Rick yeah, Bennell of the Charlotte Observer. This episode was brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a set of 10 uniquely beautiful diamond rings. And they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. This exciting collection of truly unique limited edition diamond engagement rings is available now only at BlueNile.com. Thanks again for supporting the show. Tell your smart device to go listen to any of the shows on the Locked On Podcast Network, whether it be Rejecting the Screen, Locked On NBA, any show on the podcast network. Tell your smart device to go hear it. Uh, We'll be back with you tomorrow to preview the Utah Jazz and Charlotte Hornets game.